DJ Pittenger on Thursdays, Florida State, Louisville, ACC championship game. TJ, let's just get this off the plate immediately. Florida State wins. Doesn't matter how ugly or pretty it is, they're in, right? 100%. Yeah, it's a, it's a disservice uh, to our sport. It's probably one of the it's probably one of the worst things to happen in our sport if a 13-0 conference champion in a Power 5 uh, with two SEC wins gets left out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. How healthy is the team going into this game? What's the mood? Well, outside of the obvious, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think fairly. I think that they've gotten a lot of guys back, you know, and, and uh, man, this time of the year, everybody's playing with bumps and bruises. And so, but I, I think their wide receivers are back up to, you know, your top guys, Keon and Johnny, are, are, are banged up, but certainly back to where they're able to contribute and produce at a high level. I think most of your offensive line is back where it needs to be. Your running back room has been really good all year. Defensive line is, is probably the healthiest it's been all year. Really, your entire defense is, is, is pretty healthy. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're any more banged up than, than anyone else is. I know there was some concern just because Tate took such a, a heavy hit on that, you know, cheap targeting foul by the Gators. But I, I think that outside of People have questioned all week, like, man, did he have a concussion or, or, you know, what happened there? I think outside of that, I mean, they're about as healthy as you could want. No fan in the 863 says, Bill, ask TJ if Florida State's going to go after a one-hit wonder at quarterback in the portal. I mean, I think it just depends on who enters, you know, and and what what they think that guy could bring to the team. I, You know, I – I'm. I don't know that 60 minutes in the swamp is enough to completely open or close the door on Tate for next year just yet. Uh, you know, I thought that Brock Glenn came in and, and looked serviceable for a couple of plays. Um, you know, and, and looked good when he came in against North Alabama too. And so, I don't know. I if 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 there's a guy there that can make your team better at literally any of the 11 starting positions on the on either side of the ball you're 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 taking him right if he's got interest and he can make your team better then let's roll you know and so i i don't it's tough to know but i think if that guy is there you've got to have a win first mentality and you got to bring him in and you know you make it a competition i you know, i mean if you've got somebody that was just otherworldly it'd be pretty obvious who the starter was but, I mean, everybody thought when they brought Milton in that Milton was going to be the starter, and then it, it kind of motivated Jordan Travis to take his game to another level, and Jordan beat him out for the starting job. And so you could bring somebody in from the portal. I mean, it looks like Riley Leonard, you know, him and Notre Dame have been talking for weeks. It looks like he's going there. But if Riley Leonard came in, I don't know that he's just your automatic starter. You know, maybe that pushes Tate or Brock to be better. And so, yeah, if you can, if you can improve any room, including the quarterback room, I think you got to do it. I think the Vatican has already sent in the payment on Riley Leonard. I don't think he's available. It's funny what the NCAA and I don't. I don't care. All of these 133 teams are tampering right now. I do not care. It's not a problem to me. But it's funny what the NCAA will and won't allow. They wouldn't let Tez Walker play half the year. They wouldn't let Daryl Jackson move back to take care of his sick mom, and he didn't play the whole year. If we win this game on Saturday, well, win or lose, he can play in the bowl game or the playoff. So, but. It literally comes out that Riley Leonard is 
go in the transfer portal, and then everybody immediately says, oh, he's automatically a lock to Notre Dame. And the NCAA, nothing, no big deal. You know, like, that's totally fine. That's fine. So it's funny to me what the NCAA allows, doesn't allow, looks at, doesn't look at, um, punishes for, doesn't punish for. Again, the whole Michigan thing, I mean, I know that I'm the FSU guy. The whole Michigan thing goes on. You got, you know, people from Michigan staff on other people's sideline in their gear. They're going to go to the playoff. No big deal. Um, but, again, a kid moves home to take care of a sick mom, can't play football. So, anyway, that's my rant for the day. It, it was <laughs> ironic that the moment Riley Leonard announces it becomes 100% consensus, coast to coast, he's going to Notre Dame. Yeah, Tom Loy, who does the best job covering Notre Dame of anybody, had yep. a free ride ready in front of the crystal ball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, come on, man. Like, we all know what's going on. And, you know, you don't just, you know, anyway. Yeah, so I don't, you know. I, and he's plugged. He knows. I mean, like, it's not a shot. I mean, I love Tom. He does such a good job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was so obvious. And, again, you know, everybody's tampering, so I guess maybe you just can't punish everybody. But they, so they try and find the little the little people that they can punish, and that's the NCAA for you. Now, I have heard nothing but outstanding things about Luke Croman Holcutt of Savannah, who's been committed and will be at Florida State, and I think he'll be very good for them. You just can't make a decision about a true freshman, though, when you're looking in the portal. You just can't. Yeah, and if you bring in – I mean, I don't want Luke to play this year anyway. And I actually – I love Luke. We've chatted a couple of times. He's been on my show. I've chatted with his parents. Um, he is a great kid. And, I mean, Bill, like, I'm – you know, I'm not trying to get you mad at me, but I'm young. I'm 33. I don't he, – he's on here yes sir and no sir in me, and I'm like, man, I am not to that point yet. Like, you do not have to do – he is the most respectful. He is the nicest, most respectful, like, most classy kid, like – I mean, and truly, I mean, he goes to a military school, so I don't know that it's super shocking. But, like, truly, like, just a different breed of kid. But I, I don't want him to play. You know, like, if he, I want him to get a little burn here or there and blowouts. That's fine. But, like, I want him to play next year. So, I don't think that a transfer would impact him at all. Would a transfer possibly impact a, a Brock Glenn, a Tate Rodemaker, possibly – you know, if they if they weren't to win the job in the spring, would they maybe transfer out? Possibly, but I don't think that a transfer would impact Luke anyway, especially with a one year guy. Talking with T.J. Pittenger each and every Thursday here on this radio show. How aggressive will they be elsewhere coming up in the portal, like they've been the last couple of years? Will it match that effort? So, man, that's such an interesting question. I think they'll take less guys, if that makes sense. Like, I think they're finally recruiting at a level where they're not and, – and they've recruited a little bit better. They've developed pretty well where they don't have to go out and get 11, 12, 13 guys. I think the number's somewhere between five to seven, maybe eight is a ceiling. As far as aggressive, Bill, what I've been told is that they're already telling guys that they don't have room. I was told that they're already turning people away that would have been like slam dunk gets for them last year. I don't have any names. Nobody's told me who that is. But I think because of their track record, because the the narrative basically is if you're a transfer and you go to Florida State, like you're going to the league. 
like you're, you're about to do phenomenal things. Look what they look what their history is. Look what their track record is. And so, man, they're already fielding those calls, and they're already telling guys like, yeah, like we're not going to have room for you. Like there's a there's a there's a wide receiver at one of uh, Florida State's rivals that that may go in the portal, and he's a really nice player, but he's not like a wide receiver one. And I've been told that like they probably wouldn't even they. They might, you know, it's maybe it's different when it's a rival, but he's like a really nice wide receiver too. And I think Florida State's basically saying, now nah, if you're not a Keon Coleman type, we don't really have the room. We're only taking five or six guys. We can't just load up. So how ag- I mean aggressive? Like I don't think they're going to be out there going crazy, but I, people are kids are coming to them this year, which is certainly a good place to be in. No Kev in Chicago, but he's out. Vacationing in Arizona right now. Ask TJ what recruits and maybe just how many recruits will be in at midterm. Is most of that class supposed to be there in January, TJ? Almost all of them. There's, yeah. I, there might be a handful that aren't three or four. Man, that is just such the move now. Like it, it'll be 80, 90, or more, you know, 90 ish, 85, 90% of the class. Allen in Tampa. Ask TJ if a Florida State player would have spit on a player, what would Norvell have done? I don't know if he'd play for the rest of the year. Now, I will say it might depend on how, who, you know, I like Norvell and I'm not giving him a hard time here, but it might depend on who that player is, just for what it's worth. But if it was a second string defensive lineman, he'd be, he ain't playing the rest of the year. I know that. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think Norvell would have gone absolutely ballistic if that had happened. Um, and man, credit to Florida State. You, they, there were, there were three times where Florida State's players could have melted down. The spitting thing, the the cheap shot on Rotomaker, the horrible uh, call on the late, uh, you know, the the sack in the first quarter that ended up leading to Florida's touchdown. I, I think all of that could have been times where Florida State players could have kind of gone off and melted down, and they kept their composure. And even when they were getting spit on and. The quarterback was getting cheap shot. Like, we never have a problem with an offensive lineman who goes and knocks somebody's head off after a cheap shot's been taken to the quarterback. Florida State's guys didn't do that. They didn't react. And so credit to them. I mean, I, I think it does speak to the difference in Florida's culture and Florida State's right now. Got about a minute. What are the chances Florida State overlooks Louisville? Oh, I don't think they overlook them by any chance. I mean, if Louisville goes out and just plays a better game or, or has a really good game plan to get after Tate and make him uncomfortable, I mean, they, Louisville could certainly win this game. But there's there's no chance they're overlooking them. I think Florida State, you know, none of the kids would admit this, Bill, but they're like a 14, 15-point dog to Georgia. Like, I think Florida State knows, like, hey, man, win this one, and then anything that happens past this is gravy. Now, none of the kids are going to tell you that. None of the kids are going to say that. But once Jordan went out, I think it all became about beating Louisville. So the, I don't think there's any chance they overlook them. Could they lose? Sure. But, like, they'll be focused. They'll be locked in for sure. Tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, double fries, no slaw everywhere. Big on YouTube, but social media, everywhere else as well. Ten seconds, Georgia, Alabama. Go dogs. <laughs> See you next week, man. <laughs> See you, buddy. TJ Pittenger. Every Thursday. When we come back, Dave Hooker. Off the hook sports covers Tennessee.